It's time for the number one talk show of Eastern Connecticut and Southern Rhode Island. The Stu Breyer Potpourri Talk Show on 1310 WICH. Now here's Stu Breyer. All right, we're happy to have with us a man who has an interesting choice of words for us. John Kelly is the Senior Director of Editorial for Dictionary.com. He's going to answer uh, lots of questions about words and dictionaries. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Stu. Thanks for having me on. This is a... I've never heard of it before, but it's it's a great idea. Dictionary Week. Tell us about that. You haven't heard it? You haven't heard of it before? Because we made it a thing. Oh, good. Dictionary.com had a birthday recently. We turned... 28 years old on May 14th. Mm-hmm. So we thought, why not throw a party, a word party, and let's invite everyone. We call it Dictionary Week, and it's a week where we are celebrating all of the things that words add to our lives. Jam-packed with fun and special events to celebrate the unique experience we all have in common. That thing we're using right now, our words. It's amazing, uh, how important words are. And I mentioned this before we went on, that uh, it's always good to think before you say some of these words. But we have lots of questions about the dictionary, and I guess you're the guy who can answer some of those questions with us today. Now, was Mr. Webster, we always hear of the Webster Dictionary. Did he have all the words before he started? Nobody had all the words, and nobody ever has all the words. Our work as a dictionary is infinite. We are constantly trying to keep up with language at the pace of change. New words are always coming into the dictionary, and existing words, the ones that we use every day, are always changing. So our work as a dictionary is truly endless. And if anyone claims to have all the words, I would like to meet them. How do you get a, John, how do you get a new word into the dictionary to... Do people contact the folks and say, um, I'd like to go over a word with you that maybe would be fit in the dictionary? Where do they come from? That is a really great question, Stu, and it is a question that we get and love to answer all the time. We have a process as a general dictionary by which we make decisions about what new words to add to the dictionary. There's four parts of it. Would you like to hear it? Absolutely. First, our team of lexicographers, that's a fancy word for a a dictionary editor, a great word for dictionary week. Our team is looking for a word that is used by a lot of people. A lot of different people need to use it, not just one or two people here and there. We also look for a shared meaning in that usage. Are all of those people using that word in largely the same way? Then, we like to see if this word's gonna stick around. Words definitely come and go. We see that more than ever on social media these days. So we're looking for a word that is likely to stick around, that has some staying power, although there are exceptions to this. And finally, for our dictionary, we're looking for a word that's useful for a general audience. There's lots of different types of dictionaries out there that specialize, say, in the language of chemistry. Uh, Our dictionary is one that is meant for a general audience. So it's a word that we think would be useful for a person or that they might reasonably encounter in their everyday lives. Those are the four steps that we use to add a word to a dictionary, but where do we hear about the words in the first place? 
to your question. Mm. All over the place. Our eyes and ears are everywhere. Our team is getting data from the speech of you all, all of your listeners. That includes what people write on social media. That includes what people write in academic articles. That includes words that people use on TV and over media like this, such as radio. We do definitely get people submit words to us and say, hey, here's my word. Can you add it to the dictionary? A lot of times the answer is, well, that's a wonderful word and it still exists as a word and is meaningful to you, but it may not meet all those criteria that it's used by a lot of people and in the same way. Other times we go, yes, thank you for bringing this to our attention. We don't have this in our dictionary. This word is important and meets all of those four criteria I mentioned, and we're going to add it. So would you say every year there, there are great numbers of words added, or is it uh, more specialized? We cannot keep up with the uh, pace of language change, but we do our mightiest, and I know that our team of lexicographers does a phenomenal job. Uh, in the course of any given year, we're adding thousands of new words, but we're also adding new definitions, new senses of existing words, mm -hmm. and we're also revising and updating older words to make them more up to the contemporary times. We also have to add how those words are pronounced. We also have to add where that word came from. We also have to add usage notes around this word, such as if this word is commonly confused with other words, or if this word has some sensitivities that you want to be mindful of. Of course, some, some words have numerous different meanings, so you can fill up a, a quarter of a page with some of them, huh? You definitely can. Uh, there's a famous example, and that is the word run. Mm -hmm. R-U-N. It's a word that we all know and use, and some of us engage in. However, if you ask your average person to list out all of the senses of run, that might keep them running because there are hundreds. And a lot of those different meanings have special shades or special context. Now, John, uh, we're in an era where people talk a lot about political correctness. Does one ever take words out of the dictionary that were in there? That's also a very good question, and it really gets at some of our core practices and philosophies as a dictionary. I might use some specialized words here, so bear with me. Mm -hmm. um, dictionaries aren't in the habit of removing words. Our job is to document and describe the English language as it's being used. That means that words are in the dictionary that people might not like. That includes offensive words, such as slurs. That also includes words that people don't really think of as words, such as irregardless. It's not our job to make a value statement on those words. So just because a word is in the dictionary doesn't mean that our team is condoning it, doesn't mean that our team is making it so. We are capturing language as real people in the real world are using it. 
One thing that you will observe with dictionaries that does touch on your question is a general dictionary may not be able to as comprehensively include really old, obscure, antiquated words. So we do have to reprioritize the order in which we list the definition. So an old-fashioned word may be rampant as a sense in heraldry, referring to the position of a lion on a flag used in the medieval ages. We do make decisions to put the most prominent and primary senses of a word that your general user is going to encounter first in an entry, and then we list lower, more academic, esoteric, or older senses of words. But our job isn't really about removing words or approving of words per se. It's documenting them and putting them in context so that people know what the meaning of the word is and how they exist in terms of usage in the real world. John Kelly is with us. We're happy to have him with us. It's uh, Dictionary Week. It's a celebration highlighting the joy, power, shared experiences of words. So uh, I don't think I, I, I mean, I have so many words that I want to ask you in this period of time. So I, if I was go to a store and I bought five different dictionaries from different companies, would they have different words than the, another one wouldn't have? That's a very interesting question. It depends on the type of dictionary that you're buying. If you are looking for a learner's dictionary, that is the kind of dictionary that young people might use or that English language learners might use, you're not going to see as extensive a compilation of the words in the English language. Decisions are made around what words constitute core vocabulary at those moments in language development that are worth including in the dictionary. Then you might come across, perhaps rarely, an unabridged dictionary that is very big and very broad that includes utterly everything. That's the kind of a dictionary that has a different purpose that is more complete. That is one that a wordsmith, such as us at dictionary.com might want, or a researcher who needs to look at the historical senses of words. You can also get specialized dictionaries. Dictionaries exist, like I said before, for such disciplines as chemistry, but you can find culinary dictionaries. You can find dictionaries of cocktail names. You can find music dictionaries just for jazz or for uh, classical music. So it's all about the purpose of going to look up those words. So, John, if uh, I don't know if it's still popular, but we we really got into Scrabble years ago, the game, and and we'd come up with a word and say, no, that's not a word, and we'd run for the the general dictionary. Um, is that more difficult to do these days when you're playing Scrabble because of the variations? I don't think so. Scrabble is as popular as ever, both on the uh, tabletop form as well as in various digital forms. Mm -hmm. Scrabble is about, if you ask me, Scrabble is about numbers, not words. I get to manage a wonderful team of lexicographers at dictionary.com. I don't really like playing Scrabble, and I'll tell you why. I like interesting, fascinating, cool, beautiful 
sesquipedalian words. There's one for you. A sesquipedalian word, which would be a great Scrabble play because of that Q, is a long word that means a long word. Scrabble <laughs> is all about the combination of letters for points, and it has its own internal rules, and it has its own specific guide for what Scrabble counts as a word or not. I think that if you're playing a game with words and you are around a table having fun with friends and family, it's probably a good occasion in the spirit of Dictionary Week to maybe be less of a stickler on what counts as a word or not. Have a little fun with it. Develop your house rules. Have some healthy competition and some debate. Scrabble, while about points, while about numbers, is also about those shared experiences we have when we play with words, the fun they can give us, the curiosity they can raise, the way that they challenge us. And so I would encourage anyone playing any sort of a word game to remember the spirit. Words are powerful and impactful, but they're also a lot of fun. John, you obviously have a very large vocabulary. Do you hesitate because you know so many words that... Most people won't know what you mean, so you kind of hesitate to use them. Uh, sometimes somebody will say a word, and I've, I've been yapping at this job for many decades, and once in a while I hear somebody say a word, and I'll go, uh-oh, I don't know that one. Uh, is it worth saying? I think that at the end of the day, words are really about clear and effective communication. If I am trying to communicate some information for an important assignment, I might not get my meaning across if I throw in mm -hmm. highfalutin technical words. Other times, depending on the context, I might want to have a little fun and use a word like cerulean, which means sky blue, or galimaufry, a French-derived word that is a fancy form of a hodgepodge or a jumble. Words are really about context. Words are really about people, and that's what Dictionary.com's Dictionary Week is all about. It's relationships. When you think of Dictionary.com, you probably think of going to look up a word, finding its meaning, and maybe making some sort of decision or consideration around this is right, this is wrong. Words, though, do so much more for us. They're not just about meanings. They're about feelings. Hence this conversation. Words can make us laugh, such as puns and other jokes. We honored that in World Wordplay Day for our pun, uh, pun Day Monday yesterday. Uh, words can also uh, make us wonder. On Thursday of Dictionary Week, we are hosting on Twitter at 1 p.m. and Ask Us Anything, where we're opening up this conversation to a broader audience to ask questions around how do words get into a dictionary? And why is kernel spelled one way but pronounced so differently? <laughs> words also frustrate us. We all struggle with words. And so I think that Dictionary Week is about maybe changing our attitude about right and wrong with language and being, you know, gatekeepers uh, and more so embracing the shared messiness of language, the shared wonders of language. What's the words do that you often just can never spell correctly on the first time? Sure, there's a lot of them, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, on Wednesday, we uh, definitely encourage our users to join us, not for a spelling bee, 
but for a misspelling bee. <laughs> we want our users to submit those words that they can't just spell right all the time. What's the most, what's, Go ahead. What's the most misspelled word, anti-disestablishmentarianism? Or? That is actually uh, quite frequently looked up on our site, and mm-hmm. it's looked up because it is a long word. But there's a fairly stable cast of characters that appear as our top misspellings. And they have a pattern. They are words like grateful, separate, liaison, accommodate. Those sorts of words that we all use fairly often, but are really tricky to spell. And they're tricky to spell because how they are written doesn't reflect always how they sound. So separate, S-E-P-A-R-A-T-E, has a spelling based on its history in French and then Latin, and it's preserved in how we write it out. But when we say it in everyday speech, it sounds more like separate, separate. And the reason that we struggle spelling that is not because we aren't good with language. It's because the English language is hard. So Dictionary Week, the misspelling bee that we're doing on Wednesday, it's all about flipping the script. It's about our shared experiences of words being a way for us to celebrate and commiserate with all the the, the fun and the challenges that word have for us. John, sometimes I think the uh, English language may be the most difficult when it comes to spelling. You, You take a word like ghost, and who would think there'd be an H after the G? I mean, why do they do that? We do that for a whole variety of reasons. The spelling of the English language in itself is an interesting way to approach the history of the English language. We spell words the way we do for a variety of reasons. Some are due to sound changes that happened over time. Take the word stone, S-T-O-N-E. A long time ago, it was pronounced more like stana, five, F-I-V-E. It used to be pronounced shiva. So we have spellings that are preserving changes in sound. We also have spellings that are preserving language of origin. So words like ghost are going to be in your Germanic roots, where there's some more interesting spellings happening for sounds that don't exist in the same way in English. And the G-H will do that. The word night. If you opened up your handy Chaucer, Stu, and I assume you have a copy of Chaucer's Canterbury Tales on your desk? <laughs> Not yet, no. Okay, maybe that's, maybe that's just me. And you come across the word night, K-N-I-G-H-T? Mm-hmm. Well, if you wanted to sound like Chaucer, you would say knick. All of those letters would have been pronounced in a form over time, and then they get stuck in our spelling. Those spellings get preserved then pronunciations change. And a lot of times, speakers of a language like to do economy, meaning we like to pronounce fewer letters more easily. Other things like debt, D-E-B-T, a timely word, as we all might know. Why is that B in there when we don't pronounce it? This is due to a very different force. There was a time, a couple centuries ago, when... Scholars of the English language wanted to make it, quote-unquote, more perfect. And they thought languages like Latin and Greek 
were quote unquote perfect. No language though was better than any other language. And so what they did is try to reflect the origin of the word in our English spelling, even though we never pronounce that B in the first place. So they took this word debt, added a B, and they added it because the word debt comes from a Latin word, debitum, that means, well, debt. So there's a lot of different reasons for why English is so well, tricky you're a, in terms you're of a amazing guy, John. I mean, I always thought debt, the B stood for bummer. But, uh, well, it can, it, it can still stand for that. <laughs> hey, John, uh, can you stay a few more minutes? I'm going to take a little break. Absolutely. I'll be here. I'm going to tell people uh, more about uh, Dictionary uh, Week, dictionary.com, and we'll be right back with our guest talking about words. That's what we do. Well, it is a uh, pleasure to have with us on Dictionary Week. I hope it's the first of many. John Kelly, Senior Director of Editorial for Dictionary.com. So, John, in the few more minutes that we have, you know, some people, you'll say something, they'll say, boy, I hate that word. Do you have a list of most hated words, or what do you think? I think we all carry around with us our most hated words. And we all bring those feelings for different reasons. Uh, one that is very frequently cited, and listeners at home, I'm sorry you have to hear this, is a word like moist. Mm. And why do people hate a word like moist? There's a lot of different reasons. Some say they don't like the way it feels in their mouth. Others say that there's something about the sounds that am moist. Um, Others have noted, and there have been studies on this, that people came to hate a word like moist because we were all talking about hating a word like moist. I think that the topic of hating a word is a really important one for a week like Dictionary Week. It's a time to embrace our feelings around words. Yes, we all do have feelings about words. Maybe we hate the word moist or other such words. doesn't mean the word is wrong. It doesn't mean the word doesn't have its uses. It just means that words are something that are so uniquely human. What else do we have like that across cities, across countries, across the world that gives us that shared experience? And so at dictionary.com, we definitely encourage folks not to avoid those words they hate unless, of course, they're sensitive, they're offensive, um, or strongly disparaging. Uh, but we also want to, as people have those feelings about words, say irregardless or moist, come along with us and maybe understand why we dislike those words and what it reveals around our understanding of words that we don't think um, are words or that are substandard or so on and so forth. Words are very complex, and so are our feelings about words. <clears throat> Do you have a word that you just can't stand, Stu? That's interesting. I know I don't have a problem with moist, unless, you know, there's uh, in the cellar, I suppose, if it's moist. I said, wait a minute. Um, I don't <laughs> think offhand uh, the word moist. Maybe uh, Yankees? Is that a word that uh, you dislike there in uh, Connecticut? Yankees? <laughs> uh, there have been times when I did not like that word. You're absolutely right. <laughs> You're right on top Depends of things, on John. Depends on the season. So if I look through a whole dictionary, am I going to look at a word and say, wait a minute, that's... That's profanity. Where's the uh, cutoff on that? 
as we you know document the English language, we have to make some hard decisions, and that does include including words that, we use that a lot. are yeah. offensive. Mm-hmm. And that includes such things as swear words. Just because we've included that word doesn't mean we dictionary.com are saying, go out there and use it, young person. Mm-hmm. We have to document this word so that people can have context about it. We don't just provide definitions, but we try to put that definition in context. And that includes understanding why a word like that might not be one you want to use in polite company. Uh, And this is very much the case when we deal with words that refer to identities. Uh, And that includes Mm -hmm. labels people use to refer to themselves and others. Those sorts of words, identity labels, what we call ourselves and what we call others, really are an example of some of the most important and contentious words of our time. If you look out into our culture, if you look into our politics and news, you're actually seeing a lot of debates around language. And we have a lot of debates and discussions going on. Who gets to use what words and why? It's a sign that language is very powerful, and it's a sign that language is very personal. And if we're doing our job as a dictionary, we are putting those words, why they matter, where they can be sensitive, in context. Well, today, I, I know you have a special each day for this week. It's a Word Love Day. That's a nice yes. one. It's Tuesday, Word yes. Love Day. Let's, let's talk about the good stuff. Word Love Day. We are doing today mm-hmm. on social media and our website. You can find us at Dictionary.com on social media and visit us at Dictionary.com and follow along. But we are sharing out and giving away, as it were, some of our team's favorite words. And a user on uh, our platforms can say, hey, I want a word, and we're going to give them some of our favorite words with a fun virtual uh, uh, certificate. You want to hear some of the words that our team put together? Absolutely. We have hundreds. I'm not going to go in any particular order. I'm just going to love the words. Wisteria, gargantuan, celerity, iconoclast, bobo lake for our bird lovers, ruckus, pestiferous, ontology, eschatology, tweeter, reconcile, nostalgia, poodle, earthenware. This is a gallimaufry, another word that we feature in this word giveaway, of words. Why do we like them? Maybe sometimes we like them because of what they mean, but I think we also like them just because they're fun and they delight us in some way. Sue, do you have any favorite words that you'd want to give away to your listeners? I like the word salacious. Salacious. That's a great word. I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you want to give your hand at a definition of salacious for us? Something that's uh, really... uh... Tremendously appealing. Salacious is actually potentially the opposite. Oh Salacious my goodness! Is I'm in trouble. Something that is grossly indecent. Think mm-hmm. obscene. You might be thinking of 
salubrious. Do you know that word? Salubrious, yeah, I like salubrious. Mm -hmm. That's a wonderful word. Uh, a lot of people's favorite words, there's a lot of sounds in common, and a long U, salubrious, with soft sounds and warm sounds, like S's and B's. Salubrious means healthful. So do you think, John, if I said to somebody, uh, well, you look really salacious today, they would think it was a negative? You might get their attention, and they might raise an, out, an eyebrow. They might think it's a, a compliment. Uh, but I think when it comes to using bigger words, it might benefit you from, you know, going to the dictionary Check and looking out. it up first just to make sure, just to make sure you're using it in the right way. Well, that's good. Listen, I want to ask you one more question. And uh, with all the words that you know, what is the, uh, can you, a couple of the weirdest words that you've come across that you think, well, oh boy, that is super strange. Oh boy, we have so many and I don't Just exactly know where to begin. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick one at random because there's so many. I think a very fun one is physigy. Do you know this word? Physigy? No. It is a great Scrabble word, and it's spelled S-Y-Z-Y-G-Y. Pronounced physigy. It's a Greek word, and it refers to when planets, for instance, the Earth, Moon, and the Sun, or celestial bodies, rather, are all aligned. So when you know Jupiter and Mars and Saturn, if it were, uh, were all aligned to the night sky, this really odd-looking word, physigy, names that phenomenon. And it looks a little bit weird because it is all about Greek, and when you see Ys and Zs and Gs in a word, you know you are probably dealing with some Greek. Um, but that is just one of so many other examples of truly, truly weird words. Another weird word that names a very common phenomenon is acorn. Have you heard of this acorn? Acorn. Yeah, I've heard acorn, but not acorn. It's spelled like egg, the egg, and corn. You know, mm. like corn on the cob, and it is when you are sort of misinterpreting what a word actually is. So when you call duct tape, duct tape, because it sounds like duct tape when we say it in speech, that is called an acorn. Uh, it's an odd looking word, and it's an odd looking word because it is in itself a mishearing of the word acorn. So when you have words in context, when people are talking, we're talking fast, sounds and syllables are moving, and we very frequently mishear things. So a lot of people think that acorn from an oak tree was actually an acorn, and it became this word that names a fun phenomenon of when we say a thing because we've misheard what the real thing is. Another good example, all intensive purposes. The actual phrase is all intents and purposes, but it sounds like all intensive purposes. 
I remember one that I used to misuse when I was in high school, and I can remember distinctly the moment when somebody corrected me on this, was you might as well. I thought it was you mind as well, but it's actually you might as well. When we do this, it's called an acorn. And one of the fun things around Dictionary Week, about Dictionary Week, is celebrating these cool words we have for words. Acorn is an unusual-looking one that makes for a powerful example of that. My goodness, what you've stored up in your mind there, your head, it's amazing. I'm, it's, well, I, I have the great job of getting yeah. to uh, work for a dictionary, so there's really yeah. never a dull moment. When Senior director of the editorial uh, division, at, uh, and this is Dictionary Week. Just go on dictionary.com. Uh, so, John... Let me tell you what a pleasure it has been speaking with you, but I want to give you the last word. The final word is, it was my pleasure, Stu. Thank you so much for having me on. Do follow along Dictionary Week at dictionary.com, and check us out online on social media at dictionary.com. Nice job, buddy. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. John Kelly on WICH with Stu.